Hello and welcome to Breaking Social. I'm Alex. And I'm Joe. And so far in this season, we've been talking to notable entrepreneurs and business people to find out how they've mastered social. We know you may have been expecting a final interview this week, but instead we have a bit of a surprise for you. At the end of every interview that we've done with our guests, we've asked them the same question. What one trait do you have that without, you feel you wouldn't succeed? It's quite common to believe that there's one thing that connects all successful people. However, all of the answers varied hugely, and so we thought we would compile them into this one episode for you to hear. So we're going to be playing all the clips back to back. And so if there are some voices that you don't recognize, make sure that you go back to catch up on anything that you've missed. So I've got one final question uh, for you both. What one quality do you see within yourselves that you feel that you, would, uh, you wouldn't succeed if you didn't have it? Oh, that is a really good question. I think both of us are very different. And I think the the things that we'll end up saying complement each other. Like for me, it's just being, just just trusting and being like, just do it. I'm very impatient. You're impatient in ways, but you're also very cautious. Mm-hmm. So I think my impatience and me just saying, just do it. Like when we were looking at that printer, we were like, okay, Amy was like, oh, can we really spend that much money on this equipment? And I'm like, yeah, do it. It'll work out. And we can always like, you know, if this goes completely tits up and it burns to the ground, like, I don't care. I'm, I was happy with my like starting point of life, for, like just my base thing where I was going to work every day and we we're in our house and we got our dog, like I'm happy with that. So anything on top of that is a bonus for me. So I, I don't, I don't see risk. I'm just like, just do it, do it. So probably stupidity. and i'm super cautious especially when it comes to finances like i am so i'd like to sit there with my little notes being like we can't do that like it costs this much like we literally argued so much about this printer kira wanted it and i was like it's not the right time and then eventually we'll come to like the middle so i think my personality is definitely like the cautious sensitive one Mm -hmm. and kira's like the drive the just let's go no risk is is too big let's just go for it so i think eventually we just meet in the middle mm-hmm. and then we just you'll probably just do it anyway because kira will talk me into it. <laughs> i think just the thing that has assisted me most in business is like self-awareness and being able to kind of look at yourself and know when something is like be finally tuned into what i don't know gets you off gets you up in the morning what you're comfortable dealing with all those kind of things and whenever i veered away from that is when i've like worked with clients that i don't enjoy working i don't enjoy talking to them whenever i talk to them i get anxiety or this kind of thing and it's like whenever i've steered away from what i know i like enjoy and how i like to operate and those things so like being self-aware to i think i'm usually quite good at it obviously you can't be perfect at things but i think i've got a good grip on what works for me and what doesn't and i try to like make sure the business goes in that direction in your mind what one quality do you have that you feel you wouldn't have you wouldn't succeed without oh one quality one quality i have that i wouldn't succeed without is my curiosity I constantly ask questions to people's annoyance. And if I meet strangers, I will just talk to strangers really easily. 
you just learn so much from asking questions. And I think my wide ranging knowledge comes almost entirely from my curiosity. So yeah, that's it. I would say, and I know I'm bleating on about it in this episode, but perseverance is for me the, I believe is the main quality that has uh, really kind of like pushed me through mob and gotten it to where it is today. And I think that that above any talent, culinary or business or otherwise, um, or contacts or I don't know anything. It's just, if you truly believe in an idea and you focus on it to the exclusion of everything else and you put everything you can into making it happen even in the rough and the downsides and and the downtimes and when people are saying it's not going to work and all of it if you are just resolutely certain in your one idea then I think that that's the most powerful thing and it definitely pulled me through 18 months of no one caring about mob and no clients coming back to us and no one interested in it from a business sense. And, um, and yeah, I would say that that is, yeah, my one attribute that really helped pull the business through. What one quality do you see within yourself that you believe without you wouldn't have succeeded? Mm. Quick wit. <laughs> it's, say, it's weird. I was gonna say, um, I'd probably say, I'd probably. Say, I'm trying to think of the most foundational thing, the thing that caused all the other things, and I think the thing that caused all the other things was being insecure and not really knowing it. Because when people say insecure, you think of like, oh, some little unconfident person that's like shaking. Oh my god, I'm so. Sh-. It wasn't that. It was like this. When I say insecure, I mean someone that deeply like probably didn't think they were enough, desperately thought they needed more. And that resulted in a huge level of ambition, obsessive ambition, hard work, probably probably that. And then, yeah, I'd say that is probably the, the, the biggest driver within me, just the yeah, the real overpowering desire to be rich. Had that from a very young age, just thought it would solve every problem. And that then cascades and causes you to then be really consistent with the hustle, which then you learn a bunch of stuff. When you learn a bunch of stuff, you become, you develop loads of skills. You learn about social media and speaking and podcasting and personal branding and all these other things and sales. And then that becomes its own thing. But you go right down to the start. You say, well, what set you off on that journey? Same with like Umar Kamani. It's like, I know the reason why he's successful is because of his relationship with his father. And I know the reason why Eddie Hearn was wildly successful is because of the relationship with his father. And I think I was wildly successful in my career or successful in my career because of, um, because my family was so broke. We were like, you get, you get a black kid and you put him in an all white area. You make his hair curly. You make him broke as well. And, all, and you put him in a middle-class area. All the houses are really, really nice. But only his house is fucked. Only his house has smashed windows on the front for 15 years. And only his grass is like five foot high. The neighbors either side, perfect white people. One centimeter grass. Perfect. Oh, lovely cars outside the house. Oh, a smashed up van that goes poof, every five seconds. It's a real experiment. And for me, this was the result of that experiment. I, I was, yeah. 
And all the skills and stuff are a consequence of just trying very hard for a long time. I would have to say um, that I I think I have an immense amount of empathy and I feel that my experiences in life, I particularly think like, I'm not saying I've had a challenging life, but I've definitely gone through things that I think have made me far more empathetic to those around me. And I think that particularly in my job and working as a trainer, whilst I'm not saying it's the hardest job in the world, I think you get a real insight into people's lives and you see that, you know, what might from the outside look like a very happy, successful person often has, you know, everyone has their insecurities and everyone has their struggles that they're going through. And I think that it's really helped me to develop a sense of empathy so that I can really feel and relate to other people in a way that I probably couldn't before. Um, And I think that particularly now with what I do online, it means that I would like to think I'm quite a a kind and open person who can very much empathize with those who, who come to me for advice or help, or even just because they enjoy what I do. Um, And I think it means that I, yeah, I really have the ability to, I guess, connect with people maybe in a way that I don't think I could before. Um, And I feel that's really special. So even if it's someone that I just interact with online or if I meet them in person or, you know, at events or whatever, um, I've, yeah, I would say that that is, that is a quality that I would like to say people would see in me. (laughs) And it's one that I think I'm proud of in myself. What one quality do you see within yourself that without it, you feel you wouldn't succeed? Can I give you my answer and then back it up why? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, leadership. And I think right. the reason being, I went to Sandhurst, I had soldiers under my command, great, so I've got all that bit. I think if you ask any of the team here, they really love working for Thursday because the co-founders, we're the first in, we're the last out. We... Um, won't ask them to do anything that we haven't already done ourselves or would do, wouldn't do ourselves. Um, and I think there are some really bumpy roads in this journey. It is not all plain sailing. You know, the fact I've got onto your podcast is, is, is incredible, but it's, it's not being an easy journey to even to have got here. You know, there's, when we launched the app, it crashed and didn't work. You know, we had 80,000 people trying to use the app. I think it was something like 40,000 um, requests on the API a second. And of course it crashed because we weren't expecting that volume. Um, that was a really rough week. And we've also got the you know, investors' money we have to, which is an added pressure. You know, you, you've got to report to them. You've got to keep making sure that they're getting a return. So I think to get to where we've got, leadership's been, my leadership's been quite strong. And I think good companies do well with good leadership because um, I'm absolutely not the brightest person in that room. No way. Um, you know, and I think you're a fool if you hire people who are not smarter than you. <laughs> uh, um, but I think they respect the fact that we've got the company, George and I, this far and done it by sort of leading by example. I think it's positivity, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it's so inherently me, like, you know, and it's uh, it's that with a practicality I hope that I'm not just like kind of rainbows and unicorns although that is a big part of my personality that belief that we can do things which 
it's helpful. You can have that naive belief that, you know, it's okay. We're just going to give this a go. Whereas some people, I remember we met lots of people back in the early days of uni who were like, you're mad. But they had, you know, kids in private school and like good salaries and they had a lot to lose potentially. So they were in, and whereas Christian and I had an education business, we were used to being freelance and not having much money, but we we're really happy. And so I think that any possibility that things will go right, but we didn't have much to lose is an important part of um, why we succeeded. So, uh, and the other thing that is absolutely crucial to success is we really, really love people and getting people in and looking after them, as I mentioned, and sort of fueling their passions and feeling like you're building a team and building a business with that team is I, I absolutely credit our success to. You know, it's not just Christian's idea or me and Christian making something happen. It's the the team and having an empowered team who feel like they can shift and shape the business and they have, um, and we've been better for it. So making sure that that's not lip service, that you are fueling their passions and making sure there's time for development. And, you know, because when you're busy, you don't often train and look to how to improve. But we've, we've got, I think, an incredibly engaged and powerful team because they they know they're valued and they're helping us grow this not just a top-down approach so so all i think all of the answers that we received there's a there's a thread that ties all of these answers together and before i get into what that is i actually want to find out what you think about the answers so for you specifically were there any particular answers that resonated with you or stood out for for a particular reason yeah, I think specifically for me, it was people like Darina who talk about practical positivity. That's definitely something that I deploy in our work, probably to the point where if we weren't working together, I don't think it would work. I think I'd probably be too, <laughs> like, I'd be too much on the positive side to the point where I'd probably be, what's the word? D- in Not in delusional. Denial. Delusional, yeah. yeah. Not to say I'm so... a pessimist, by the way, but <laughs> no. uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But so I think that practical positivity is very important if you're that type of person. And if you are finding that type of person that can also be, uh, that, that can be gra- like more grounded in reality to partner with you as well. Not to say that you're not. I don't want to like, is, is that an. It's well, not, you're that, a bad man to the audience. That's cool. No, well, no, guys, but do you, so, think, do you think that's bad? I didn't, I didn't want that to be bad mouthing. I wanted to. No, I think, I think, I think I'd say that that's fair. I'd say think... that's a fair assessment because I think, you know, especially when you're relating it to that, like, um, the way that we work together is that you you are very optimistic and you are like blue ocean thinking or what is it blue sky thinking or mm. either or really um, but it's very like what is possible and then I go well these are your options if that's what you want to do like I look at the actual like the reality of the situation sometimes from a bit of a pessimistic standpoint just to make sure that we're considering all outcomes and then go right well these if this is what we want to do this is how we we can go and achieve it or it's not possible yeah I think you're probably right, actually. We put, it probably does need a bit of a balancing act between the two because with me, you'd probably just it'd be a very, very, um, maybe slightly airing on the side of boring conversation every time you had it. If it was like, well, this is the reality of it. So. But I think if if you go too far the other way, you can get caught up in your own in your own ideas about about the business, and it can end in disaster. So yeah, you definitely have to have both. But for me, Darina's practical positivity definitely resonated, and the other person that I think I agree with is Steve and the point around being insecure I can definitely identify with the idea of someone or even myself having this idea that 
that's probably come from when I was really, really young. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. In, in like in school, where you just think that you're not cool or you're not uh, enough or you're not in like with the cool people, and it's definitely something that keeps you driven years later. Weirdly, I think. Is that something that you felt? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think for people who are like maybe outside the cool circle a little bit, you kind of have that one day right. what you'll see kind right. of thing <laughs> and i think that can fuel a lot of desire like that whether that's good or bad and i think that's the point that steve was making is that insecurities come from an almost a, a bit of a silly place when you actually mm. dig into it but that can give you that drive that you need if you want to achieve something like this uh, I don't know if it's necessarily true for every entrepreneur ever, but I think there's there's like I've I've always said that extreme outcomes require like require extreme inputs, mm-hmm. and operating a business at scale is an extreme output in my opinion, and to get someone to get to a point where they're happy with or at least happy to subject themselves to what's required to get to that point, it would have required an extreme input, and and you know I think most people have to be predisposed to something like that in order to. To get to a point where it's like this this is what i'm happy to subject myself to for this desired outcome mm-hmm. um and like you say for, maybe for you it was that what you were talking about there from childhood but i think also it probably will be a lot a, a case for a lot of people because childhood's your most formative years like that's where you'd set all of your initial lessons to set your reality on yeah i think it's a because anyone that's listening probably won't know this but like I used to just upload weird videos to Facebook that were that I thought were funny. And I think that was the outlet prior to this that was like you can measure success in likes. Right. Because that was like the currency of being a kid. It's it's are you well liked in in school? So you could do something and get you could measure it. Like visible, yeah, yeah, yeah. metrics to it, yeah. And I think that's probably when I think about why I did that, it's it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to be funny. I think it was just because it was like what success looked like in the context of in the context of school and in real life it's kind of, it some people measure it in a business or do you feel like you come out the other side of that uh no no? <laughs> no there's still a bit of me i think a little bit yeah personally i think i've come out of it a little bit but there's definitely still that thing where i feel like i have to it's it is stupid because saying it out loud makes it sound ridiculous but it's that thing of I have to prove myself to, like, my old school friends almost. Right. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't think yeah. it's ridiculous, by the way. Um, I think everyone's got a part of that. I think I, I've probably explained to you before where, and I've, I feel like I've come out the other side of it, and, like, I've, I always tell everyone now when it comes to, you know, what's it like or what the reason that you, what's the reason that you operate Campfire, what's it like, how does it feel, all these things. Um, I think prior to getting to this point, it was a sense of, proving a point to someone or it's impossible for someone to not like me if if i am successful and have these things mm-hmm. and when 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 i think i i eventually got to a point where i was like actually i don't really care whether anyone likes me and so like i had to really look at why am i doing this then and the main reason that i am doing this is because i enjoy operating a business i don't know what it is it's like i'm not massively into football i'm not like i'm not massively into sport but if this was a sport i'd watch it every day and i'd probably be like 
I'd hope I'd train to be one of the world's greats at it because I love this sport. But that's how I think about it now. Like I come in every day ready for the sport of the day and I'll do the sport up until I leave. And that's my sports. That, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. That's how I look at it now because I feel like I did come out the other side of that because I recognised why I started it in the first place, which was wrong. And then, yeah. yeah. Um, but that is, I feel like that point specifically from Steve is probably something that a lot of, I think we'd be surprised by the amount of business owners or entrepreneurs that have started that can relate to that because I would imagine it would be a very similar story where it's there was an extreme input that made me feel like I had to prove or do something for a certain outcome and you probably eventually get to a point similar to how Steve sounded like he did then and like I mentioned there where it's like how how misguided was that mm. and then you've got to rediscover why why you're doing it in the first place yeah which is interesting so the only way that my perspective has changed when I say I've half come out of it is I've shrunk the circle of people that I feel like I need to prove something to to people that I massively respect. Right. So instead of thinking about how can I please everyone, I want to impress everyone. It's a very select few yeah. people. Um, that sounds like it shifted from a malicious place to like a, a place of wanting the respect of the people that you respect sort of thing. Yeah. Because it sounds like at first it might have been like, these guys who thought this, well, guess what? What do you think yeah. now? Whereas it sounds like it's at least shifted from that. Yeah. And I wanted to say that just because in case anyone else thinks the same i think that's positively changed yeah. my outlook on it um no i, I think it's a, i think it's an important one because there, there will de most definitely be other people in similar or not similar situations who have ex felt exactly that for sure um but yeah so, so uh the, the one thing that i noticed every time we i think it was by like the third or fourth conversation that we were having and i'd asked that question started to notice a pattern between all of them now they've all got a very different point that they're trying to make but there is a distinct link between the point that they make and the person that they are. And if you look at every single answer there, every single person who's answered that, like who has said this thing that I've got, without it, I would fail, I wouldn't succeed. That in one way or another is their product or is, is their service. So like Alice, uh, her, her main point was around empathy. But her, like, her success now has come from the content that she pops out where it's like showing what a, a truly healthy woman is. Not just, you know, obsessed with the gym, but someone who is mentally healthy, has strong balance, you know, things like that. And it's been almost been empathetic towards herself and her community to show that that's okay. Similar with Ash, self-awareness, you know, what gets you off, what does this, like... He's understanding himself and the things that he can talk about and things he enjoys on a day-to-day -day basis. That's his job with his clients. Like he's got to understand them so that he can put out the right content. I think you might struggle with practical positivity in pizza as well. No, I don't think so. Like, because her whole thing with marketing was like creating a product that, you know, something that your family can get together around. And that's why she gifts to certain influencers. Mm. So it's like her whole like output of the product. Yeah, she might make pizza ovens, but like, what is the real output she wants? She kept referencing yeah, yeah, like family true. time. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right yeah. Charmadine Curiosity, one of the things that she said was that she's comfortable going up to strangers and just asking things or like getting on with people straight away. But she's built a platform where it literally lets people introduce each other straight away and communicate and build a community, which takes someone like that to go up and spark conversations. Um, Steve being insecure, I mean, if you look at any of his content, it's genuine, like it's just genuine life advice. Um, and I think that comes directly from his experience. And then Thursday in leadership, I think, again, someone who is a leader is someone who is capable of directing and what's the word for, for inspiring for, others to, inspiring to others but like for, formalizing groups and if you've seen like one of the latest things that thursday have done is the the hotspot is it called the hotspots that they do is, is that the right hotspot? word 
after party, that's it, sorry, where they will go to a specific location and uh, basically rent it out or basically book out this whole place so that anyone who's on Thursday who's single can go. And it's like, it's basically formalising groups of people in the same way you would have done previously. It's giving direction and action to people who otherwise probably were too shy to go and ask someone out to go on a date or people who were just wasting time on the other platforms. And, you know, he's basically saying, only use it on this day. This is what you're going to go and do. This is the desired outcome what you to have, which is a date at the end of the day. Like, it all comes through in the products that they make and have. And I find it really interesting that in, in the majority of the cases out of those conversations that we've had, the, the defining factor between all of them is that there is one value that they feel like they've had and it's present so vividly in all of their products and services. I just thought that was really interesting. I feel like it's something we do as well, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, at Campfire, we we say that from our experiences in the working world, professional world, you know, Campfire's values aren't just things that we say for a laugh, the things that we, you know, we live every single day and it, it breathes through our decision-making with clients internally. And that is, you know, operate with integrity, operate with honesty. And, you know, if you're with us, you need to be a good person because, you know, we can't teach you those things. And that literally comes across, like that is arguably the USP of a lot of our work is that because because we're honest, because we operate with integrity, we'll tell a client if we don't believe in the idea or we we'll won't pitch something just because it makes money. We'll, we'll only pitch things that really add value. And because of that, that's part of the reason why like our clients really trust us. And I don't know, there's probably, I would say that there's probably a, a, an element of truth to that. I, I would urge probably not myself or anyone listening if after the fact if you look at the founders of any of the companies that you admire there will probably be an element of that where you know something that they deem as their most important characteristic see where it is in their product or, or service it'll probably be somewhere yeah their values will come from experience mm. and when we started with this podcast we thought that we would run these eight episodes and then have a break and maybe come back to you with another season shortly after yeah this was gonna this was really supposed to be our hidden gem secret end of season episode wasn't it yeah and we actually have a bit of news so since starting the podcast we've been able to get in contact with some amazing guests more than the initial eight and we didn't want to drop any of the guests and so we're excited to announce that we'll be back with a second season really soon and then we'll keep running the episodes continually we actually have some of the most incredible guests that we probably never thought we'd have the privilege to speak to, really. Of course, they're from the world of marketing and content creation. Some are experts, some are internet personalities, and of course, some are founders too. So we will see you very soon. <laughs>